I, I want to talk about something today, uh, the mastery of mercy. Uh, we're in challenging times. Right we're in challenging times right now. I'm in challenging time right now. Um, we've taught things here, and we've come to understand certain things, principles from God's Word, and how God wants us to stand, and we've learned how to bless and not curse, how our words are important, how that our words have power, and we need to speak things that bless. And I want to tell you that the present circumstance has taken things to a whole new level of challenge to, to, to not be critical. And so I wrote this wonderful little sentence here. There is a subtle sliver of self-righteous slander that wants expression through my speech. See, we've learned how to bless and not curse, and we've taught it, and we've, we've helped each other. Like, uh, you want to say that a little differently? I mean, we've probably done it with most everybody here if you've been here a while. And Artie and I do it to each other all the time. She said, you want to rephrase that? Or I say, Anyway, so we actually, we've actually gotten pretty good, but this whole, this whole thing going on has just really challenged that big time, and we need to get back to it. But what I, talk, I want to talk about mercy today. Um, God has called us as a, a, a people, not just us here, but the body of Christ, but us two here to pastor our region, our city. God has called us not... See, sometimes we look at churches that it's our little thing and it's our little domain and this is where we're safe and protected and we're just supposed to minister one another and that's not at all what God has in mind. He wants us to minister to the city, to the region. He wants us to pastor out there. He wants us to shepherd people out there. God wants you to shepherd people where you work or wherever you go or whatever you do. He wants you to be a pastor in your neighborhood. Now, that doesn't mean that you're going to go knocking on doors and saying, hello, I'm your pastor now. Um, but you can do it spiritually by praying for them and by speaking blessing over them and by asking God to bless them. And so God wants us to bless our communities and our neighborhoods. He wants us to be in, really engaged in that. When Paul went into a new region, he wasn't just... I don't think Paul would know what the word church planning meant. I don't think that was on his mind. He didn't go to plant churches. He went into a city to transform it. He went in to change the whole atmosphere of the city, to bring the kingdom of God in. That's his mindset. And too many times, we're here in this place, this is our little citadel, I don't mean us, but I mean the church in general. Um, and we and we just we feel safe and secure, and so we're just like, okay, this is wonderful. But we don't we we rarely get up on the wall of our fortress and look out and see out there the same way God does. I I grew up thinking. Be, be watch out for out there that there's fearful stuff out there don't let it trap you and catch you well you know what that's not god's attitude god's attitude is look out there go conquer 
go transform. Be involved, be engaged out there. So, so with that in mind, watching our words, knowing that God wants us to be an influence in the culture, that this is a place to prepare us, to get us ready so that we can go. What is, what is, our, what is our most valuable tool? Don't answer this question, because you're going to be wrong. <laughs> it's a trick question. What is the initial tool or one of the most important tools that we have to take out into a world that doesn't know God? It's mercy. It's mercy. Why mercy? Because mercy is disarming. 1998. 1998, Promise Keepers had an event in Washington, D.C., and they had a million men in the mall, Washington, worshiping and praising the Lord. And this is not a, this is not a disparagement or slight, it's just, this is just a visualization of something, a point that I want to make. And uh, Patricia Ireland was the head of, of the National Organization of Women, and she was on the news a lot, fuming about all this and just criticizing and putting down this men's movement and all that they were doing, just vilifying it. A little while later, Mother Teresa came to Washington, D.C., and she met with the National Organization for Women, and they gave her a standing ovation. Now, that, see, I'm not putting down promise keepers because they're both doing the same thing. But what is the thing that you know most about Mother Teresa? She's compassionate. She's merciful. She's merciful. And so that has such an impact. So when we, when we think, see, <laughs> We've talked a few times, and I've talked a few times. The Lord's had me talk a few times about changing our mindset, changing the way that we think, the way we look at things. And there's times when the Lord gives me something to share, and I'm like, I don't want to. I want to rant. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> But here's what we do. Here's what I do. I do this. God has given us some incredibly powerful, um, impacting weapons or tools or, or, or um, things to give us an advantage to actually do what he's called us to do. But you know what we do with those tools or those weapons? We lose them, <laughs> or they're, they're in a corner gathering dust, or they're neglected, and we try to find all kinds of other things, like, like, and this, I need to say this right. You have to know that when I, after I'm done here, I go home and I think about everything I said and go, why did I say that? Why did I say that? Why did I say it that way? So I try to think ahead of time, and then I think, well, why didn't I explain it this way? I thought, well, I can't explain everything. I don't have that much time to, you know? So anyway, um, if you have questions about what I say, 
just come to me and I'll try to fix it. Um, we ha God has given us these, these tools to use, but we neglect them, and, and we try to do other things. Um, and again, not just, just for perspective, okay, I'm not disparaging anything because there's good things that the church does a lot. But sometimes we neglect some of the most important things for the sake of doing something. Even though it's a good thing, it may not be the best or what's necessary at the time. So it's okay to go out and do marches. It's okay to do prayer walks. It's okay to do declarations of Scripture. It's okay to proclaim that stuff. We need to do it. I mean, we encourage people to pray Scripture and to declare scripture. We've talked about decrees and declarations and all those kinds of things. But when it comes to going out there and reaching people with the kingdom, we sometimes forget the most important things or the most effective things to disarm people to open up the door for the gospel and its mercy. And mercy is just leading with forgiveness. Just having an attitude of forgiveness before anybody ever offends you. Just like it's already there. I used to try this. I used to try when I get up in the morning, say, okay, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna forgive everybody that's gonna be a um that's gonna uh we're gonna forgive everybody that give um I need to how do I say this nicely? I'm gonna forgive everybody who challenges my wonderful character. No, that's not right either. You know what I mean. I, 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 I want to try to do that. But you know what? Jesus was the most merciful person to ever walked the earth. So the question came to me, why did women of ill repute, why were they attracted to Jesus? Why, and, I, and I don't mean that in any kind of a bad way. It's really an important question. We need to come to grips with it. Why did they feel comfortable around him? Because there was no judgment. There was no condemnation. There was no looking down the nose at anybody. There was mercy. Mercy. So we need to be more like Jesus. Abraham Lincoln said this, I have always found that mercy bears richer fruits than strict justice. That's Abraham Lincoln. There's this phrase in Scripture, mercy triumphs over judgment. That's what I'm talking about, the mastery of mercy. So here I look, I, I'm going to go to this verse and Matthew chapter 7, verse 1 and 2 says this, Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. I did something with this verse that I'd like to do every now and then. I went to the Greek to see what the Greek says. You know, Scripture for all. If you, if you ever want to see what the Greek is, go to Scripture, the number 4all.org, and it's a Greek lexicon kind of a thing. You can see what it is. This is not strong enough. This is kind of a wimpy translation of that verse. 
I mean, just in a little way, and I'm going to explain it to you in a minute. But then I looked it up in the Passion, and the Passion translation says this, refuse to be a critic full of bias toward others, and judgment will not be passed on you, for you'll be judged by the same standard that you've, judged, you've used to judge others. The measurement you use on them will be used on you. That's a little soft, too. From what I can tell from the Greek. The judge is to pronounce an opinion, whether right or wrong. See, a judgment can be a good judgment. Like, man, you really did. Zara, my judgment concerning the bike road is, you did a really good job. That's my judgment. See, that's a good judgment, right? And there's things that we're supposed to judge or discern in the body of Christ, but when we're just being critical, that's the wrong kind. And that's what these verses are talking about because Jesus went on to say, how can you tell your brother about the speck in his eye when you got a beam in your eye? Come on. So anyway, when I looked up the Greek, this is what it, what it really means. Go to the next slide, please. Thank you. Do not judge or you will be continually judged. See, that second word is a different tense. It's a different tense. I am not a Greek scholar, but I can tell, I know what the aorist tense is because I have preachers all through my life that would say, and this verb is in the aorist tense. It's like aorist, okay, what does that mean? Well, the aorist tense means that it's presently happening and continues to happen. So if I judge somebody or something, then I am opening the door to be continually judged by my standards. So that means that I can judge one person one time, and that opens the door for me to be continually judged ongoingly by those same standards. You see how that's a little harder? Isn't that a little tougher? For in the same way you judge others, you will be continually judged or be being judged by those same standards. Ouch. I wish I hadn't looked that up in the Greek. No, I'm glad I did. Now here, James 2.13, which is also in the Passion Translation. And remember that judgment is merciless for the one who judges others without mercy. So by showing mercy, you take dominion over judgment. Ooh, I like that. I really like that. So by showing mercy, you take dominion over judgment. Do you hear what that's saying? I'm moving, I can move from a place where I am continually judged by the standards that I judge other people to actually have mastery over judgment by being merciful. You know what? I mean, to me, when I think about that, that is a powerful tool, isn't it? That's, that's quite a weapon. I mean, really, we, we don't think about that enough. We diminish that too much. We don't, really, we don't really value that the way that Jesus does. See, he knew something. He knew that by being merciful, he was over it all. Judgment, the judgment that people threw at him didn't touch him. 
And he didn't have to live according to their judgments because he wasn't judging, because he wasn't opening the door to it. He's the enemy that takes that little opening that we give him, and he goes like the camel sticking his nose in the tent. That's what he does. And so we need to be really, really attuned to that, that we're not um, giving him that opportunity. Satan hates virtue. He hates virtue. He's terrified of humility. You want to scare him? You want to intimidate him? Walk in humility. Why? Because humility is the nature and character of Jesus. So when we walk in humility, guess who the enemy sees? Jesus. He sees Jesus. And so when we learn to do that, he'll run away from us. He has no weapon to fight against humility. We talked, we talked um, <clears throat> a few weeks ago, a number of weeks ago, we talked about um, the most effective weapon against evil is loving God. The most effective tool, the most effective weapon against evil is loving God. So how do we, so this kind of relates to that. How do we... Um, how do we grow in expressing mercy? Because, you know, we can all, we can all say, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to do better. You know, well, how do I do that? How do I make myself be more merciful? I, th- I really think that the key is becoming more like Jesus or focusing on him but I, I like to go to this verse, and it's in John chapter 17, verse 26. And it says this, I have made you known to them and will continue to make, you know, make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them. Jesus is praying to the Father, and he says, I've shown them to you, but I, I've done that in order that the love you have for me may be in them. What Jesus is saying is, I've shown them who you are, so that they can love me as much as you love me. Do you think that it's possible for you to love Jesus as much as the Father does? That's what Jesus was praying. He was praying in order that the love you have for me may be in them. And so how do we get that? Well, you just repeat that prayer. You just keep asking. What if you took time every day to just say, Lord, would you, Father, would you give me the same love you have for Jesus? Give me that same love. Give me that same love. You know what happens when you love Jesus more? You become merciful. You can't help it. See, the answer, is, the answer for us so many times is they're always simpler than we make things. We need to be merciful, and so I'm encouraging you to do that, but the truth of the matter is that we will express mercy if we really grow in our love for Jesus. And how do we do that? We ask him to give us that love. If he prayed it, I'm one of those guys. If it's there in Scripture and says I can have it, I want it. I want it. 
And so give me that kind of love. Give me... There are, there are verses that tell us that, that Paul prayed for Christians. It's, Lord, give them power to know your love. Give them the, dyna- the dynamic power, dunamis power to know your love and how big and wide and long and deep it is. So they can be filled up with it. See, God wants us to know those kinds of things. He wants us to know his love, and he wants to know the love that he has for Jesus. But he doesn't want us just to know in our heads about that, he, that God loves Jesus. He wants that same love that he has right here in us. And so sometimes some of the, the biggest difficulties that we have, and we try to find solutions like, God, I need an answer, I need an answer. And you know, a lot of times the answer is just, well, you need to be more like Jesus. I want to rant. Well, you need to be more like Jesus, Kent. I want to fix these problems. Well, you need to be more like Jesus, Kent. I want justice. Well, you need to be more like Jesus. See, if we were doing that, we might not have a lot of the issues going on that we have going on. The church were being who they were called to be. So anyway. Mastery over judgment. Mercy. Mastery over judgment is mercy. So if you think about how merciful are you, how much mercy do you express? How forgiving are you? I would say that for Jesus, it just flowed out of him very naturally. It needs to flow out of us very naturally. We need need to get to the point where that's a default for us. I don't need somebody twisting my arm. I don't need, although as much as I appreciate it, I don't need my wife suggesting that I change the way I'm doing something. Yeah, I see a nodding back there. We don't need other people, we, you know, if we could grow in our love for Jesus, we wouldn't need that. We would just do it. And I think that's powerful. I think that's what God wants for us, and that's what he has for us. And I believe that he will open doors. He will open doors that we never thought would open. Or maybe even more quickly, if we would just learn to walk humbly with our God and show mercy. Let's pray. Father, you are just so good. You are so amazing. You are so right about everything that you say, everything that you do. And so wherever we need it, wherever we need a shift, wherever we need a, a, an adjustment to our mindset, where we need the fullness and filling of, of 
your spirit where we need to love Jesus the way that you do, Father. Would you give that to us? Would you answer Jesus' prayer for every one of us that we would grow, increase in our love for Jesus? Far beyond where we've ever been. Far beyond the, the, the place that we think we need to be. Way beyond. And so we just receive from you right now an impartation, an impartation based on your word, based on the prayer of Jesus, based on the heart of Jesus. Father, answer Jesus' prayer. Give us the same love for Jesus that you have, Father. Give us that same love. In Jesus' name.